Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me the amazing Brittany. I was going to say the fantabulous Brittany, but I feel like you wouldn't get the reference that I was going for. Oh, no. Wait, now I want to know the reference. Uh, I was going to say I'm doing great, but now I'm just thinking of the marvelous mrs Maisel. <laughs> that's an amazing show i was saying um you remember when the movie birds of prey came out yes i never saw it so birds of prey is actually the shortened version of the real title and i'm not kidding you the real title of that movie is the it's called birds of prey and the emancipation of one fantabulous Harley Quinn. That's the actual full title? That's the actual full title, at least the full title that they were running with until they put it in theaters and saw that that wasn't going well for the marketing standpoint. And then they they tried to market as simply Birds of Prey. And then when people didn't know about it, then they marketed as Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Very confusing. I'm gonna because Harley, like, they really, it must, that would have been better off as, like, Harley featuring the Birds of Prey. And <laughs> like, can I tell you, it's so funny that movie was called Birds of Prey, so you thought that there would be, like, this huge um, focus on the Birds of Prey, but not only was the every trailer so Harley Quinn-centric, but I actually saw the movie and yeah, the movie's like 100% Harley Quinn's movie. She does the voiceovers. It's it's following her story and everything. And then the Birds of Prey just happened to pop up. That's really weird. They should just, if they would have just called it Harley Quinn, it would have sold so well. I think so too, because the movie didn't do like great. It didn't do terrible numbers, right? But not anything that you'd probably want to see from um, a movie, you know, a DC movie and also a Harley Quinn movie, if that makes sense. I, I just, I can't see it, like, I, I don't think it was awful, like, from hearing about it, but I just don't hear anybody, like, screaming its praises. I think I remember when you said you saw it and you were just like, it's all right. Because it, the thing is, all right, so... The movie was made with like a very low budget, which is fine, right? Um, you know, you don't need like massive budgets or anything like that. And so it did feel a little low budget in a sense. And Margot Robbie was great as Harley Quinn. She always is. Um, Their entire budget was just getting her. <laughs> and, and I don't know. If you know who this is, uh, Ian McGregor, he played uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he played the main villain. So I feel like because he's a very well-known actor, it's like it went to his salary as well. It's like Marco Robbie and Ian McGregor. That's our whole budget. (laughs) Playing Obi-Wan was like his, like, for me, knowing him, like, that was your claim to fame. That's like that put the food in your belly type situation (laughs) you know that he's reprising that role they're making a show on disney plus an obi-wan kenobi show 
that's insane like i know people are excited for which you know i work in it so the guys at work are like oh my god this is the best day of my life and i'm like i'm sure it is i sure it is i'm kind of excited for it i have to say i am because um i thought that his character was one of the best characters in the prequel um trilogies and you know i've been enjoying what disney plus is giving us in terms of star wars like you watch the mandalorian how yeah i'm excited for what they've made because you know my thing is i wasn't a huge huge fan of the movies but the thing was for me is i never saw the original ones and i still haven't fully seen the original ones like yeah and it's like i always loved vader but i always loved the era vader and i had seen you know the clips of vader but for me i never had fully seen it so what i grew up with was uh the less popular ones were you know where there was obi-wan but he really sold it himself right mm-hmm. and so i knew people loved him but i know people don't ultra love those movies and so i think for me i just didn't think much of the movies and so like actually seeing the lore and getting to actually enjoy it that way has been nice like through say mandalorian where it's like i have learned i don't much care about what happens with you know the jedis themselves i'm more invested in the side story and everything else going on i will say so growing up the prequels right with obi-wan and anakin were the star wars that i grew up on and i mean i do remember enjoying them (laughs) i remember enjoying them um i did see the original trilogy uh back when Jar-Jar i was Binks can suck it though hmm? jar jar binks can suck it though yeah i'll t- okay so about during the pandemic right last summer uh when i got disney plus i went through this whole like star wars watching pinch and i will say that going back and like re-watching the prequels i found jar jar binks so insufferable um and i was like god you're horrible but i i still do feel bad about the actor because he went through a lot apparently from people being so shitty about it but um i put that on george lucas's shoulders for creating a character like that but yeah. um, <laughs> uh the original trilogy i think the first two still hold up pretty well the la- the third one i'm sorry i think that's <sighs> return of the jedi or something i forget but it it was so cheesy because it was getting into like the 80s and for some reason so many 80s movies were so corny um so that was fine uh the force awakens i didn't like the last jedi was a hot pile of fucking garbage i didn't I, see those ones but I, i've heard things I, I've, heard, saw, I've heard things. No, no 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 you saw the force awakens because that was your moment when you thought kylo ren was cool up until no, he took no, off I his helmet the last one. sorry i get the names mixed up the the latest ones not i've seen <laughs> that one i haven't seen the movies past that okay so the last jedi was the second one it was a hot pile of garbage um i didn't see what was the third one that just came out i didn't see the rise of skywalker i heard mixed things about it but i will say rogue one was amazing because as you said it was the side stories like just like with the mandalorian right it didn't focus on the jedis 
it focused on characters we didn't know and for some reason that was just so much better no no i you know i do like whenever um I'm sorry, I just started laughing because I was remembering how people simp so hard for Kylo Ren now, where there's girls that are like, he can be fixed. You know, there was nothing wrong with him, you know, and they, I mean, they go hard for Kylo Ren. I just, I got, got to remembering that to make me laugh. Well, apparently in The Rise of Skywalker, which I guess spoiler alerts for those who haven't seen it, but it has been out, I think, for over a year now. Um, I mean, in it, Ray and Kylo do end up kissing. And I was like, wow, this is a piece of fan fiction. <laughs> aren't they technically, aren't they, no, they're not, I was about to say, aren't they technically cousins? But then I was like, oh. <laughs> that was I Luke was like, and Layla, Leia yeah, as yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, are they cousins? I was like, is there a relation? Or like, is she related to Luke? And I was like, I was about to have like, a freaking crisis over here <laughs> I mean no, I'm no, from no. Arkansas but I ain't that deep into Arkansas oh Tia. my god <laughs> I love it <laughs> but, but um what you calls it yeah so this uh top 10 is not about Star Wars um I feel like if we did a top 10 we'd do something like top 10 uh worst Star Wars moments worst Star Wars movies worst characters we could do top 10 best and worst characters in the series that would honestly be hilarious because you and I are not that deep into Star Wars and I feel like it would piss some people off they'd be like well have you seen the comics have you read the books have you seen the animated series it's like no and it's like well how could you judge and it's like I'm gonna judge that's what we do here. I'm, like, I'm pretty judgmental watch me watch, watch me, me. <laughs> Um, but this podcast is not about Star Wars. This actually is the top 10 movies to watch this summer. And I should clarify because I apparently didn't do too good of a job clarifying it to Brittany before. But um, this is just supposed to be a fun list uh, of movies that you should watch this summer. It's, uh, it's nice out, so you probably won't be spending that much time indoors. You know, a lot of restrictions are being lifted. People are getting vaccinated. So uh, you're probably all very excited to get out there. But uh, whether it's an old movie or a new movie, I figured we should just go through movies that are would be enjoyable to sit down and watch while you're at home. Um, so this is not a podcast about movies that are actually coming out this summer. Uh, they're movies mostly about just, again, what we like. So I figured that would be a good topic. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I love it. I I still laugh about because I was like I I even looked back. I was like, what did I misunderstand? And I'm like, it was so open for interpretation. It just made me laugh. Yeah, you know, sometimes you know, here at the top ten, uh, we're very um transparent with our listeners. You know, sometimes we do a lot of research for our top tens. We think about it days, weeks in advance. And other times life gets in the way and we're busy and we literally talk the a few hours beforehand and go, let's do this topic. So that definitely was this week. <laughs> we're taking it a day at a time. We're taking it a day at a time. Um, but listen, 
We do well here at the top 10. We have plenty of amazing episodes that you should check out. Last week we did the top 10 best uh, Tom Hardy roles. So that was fun. Make sure you check that out. Um, Nice transition. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to get better at it. But um, before we get into the list, you know, we always have to give our good friends over at Stranger Damies a huge shout out. Stranger Damies is a podcast. It's a Dungeons and Dragons D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. If you enjoy mystical dragons, amazing adventures, uh, you know, uh, treasure galore, and also a touch of the 1980s, make sure you check out Stranger Damies at Stranger Damies, both on Twitter and Instagram. Tell Mark, Anthony, and Dan that both Tia and Brittany said hello. And also, I do want to give a huge shout out to our friends over at the Kind of Nerdy Girls podcast. We are desperately trying to get KJ and Patches on um, so that we can do the top 10 Chris Evans roles. I didn't don't know if I told uh, you that, Brittany, but that's what we're doing because <laughs> they are they are huge Chris Evans fans. Uh, they have something called Chris Miss. Uh, that they're actually starting <laughs> that they're starting in about a month um, and every podcast they have a Chris Evans update so I thought I really liked Chris Evans uh, but uh, I can't hold a candle to the kind of nerdy girls network but they're amazing can I tell you you know what I, I accept it I, I appreciate that kind of commitment to uh, Chris Evans <laughs> I do too and they're really great I've been on three of their shows now um kj and patches are, and by the way hit they insisted that he's called patches because i thought his name was patrick they're a married couple and kj's like tia you're the only one who calls him patrick everyone calls him patches and i'm like all right i guess i'll get used to this but um <laughs> don't uh, be cool tia don't make yeah, this weird don't make it weird but make sure you check them out uh they are also joined by jana and katie Katie herself is also a gamer, so make sure you check that all out. But yeah, we have a lot of great friends here at Geek Vibes Nation, so make sure you check them all out. But let's get into this top 10. Let's do this. Brittany, do you got a number 10 to start us off with? (laughs) I I do, and you're going to love and hate me. Are you ready? I'm ready. You should watch Silence of the Lambs. I was going to say, it's going to be Silence of the Lambs. I always put it here, but Tia, it's almost like a tradition now. It is a tradition at this point. <laughs> if you give me a chance to sound the lip. Okay, this is my argument. Okay, Tia, are you ready? You know what really spells summer? You know what really spells summer? Murder. A good murder mystery. You know the whole, like, I know what you did last summer kind of thing? Well, Tia, listen. Listen to me here, okay? I need you, I need you to really mm-hmm. just sit here and listen to it. Uh, murder is a great way to spend the summer. I mean, it's exhilarating, um, especially for eating people. I'm sure it's really refreshing for Hannibal. Um, you know, and I think if I think back to it, it took place in the summer because it was really hot. Because you know, it's like the 80s or early 90s when all this murder is going on, and they're all in this hot, stuffy room. And all I could think of is like, huh. 
that must be in summertime, Tia. And, you know, at the end of Silence of the Lamb, you know, Hannibal does escape, and he's, I think he goes to Columbia. He goes somewhere really warm, and I think that's really tropical, Tia. But... I, I, I love the way that you're selling this. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Um, you know, and I really think, you know, Hannibal would be able to make something really refreshing this summer that would just be just excellent. But on a real actual series, so I probably will be watching this movie again very soon. I do love the movie. And for a movie where, like, Hannibal only shows up for five seconds, I will tell you, though, on a side note, I told the guys at work, you know, I've been interning at the IT department. I said I knew something was wrong with me when I know the first, like, my first like crush was on Hannibal Lecter. And the freaking IT director just stopped. And he like looked at me and he said, I don't know if I, I don't know if it's okay for you to still work. Oh <laughs> 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 no, I, you know, for me, I think the movie really is like almost like a comfort movie. Like I could put it on and listen to it and go about doing other stuff and just be perfectly fine, you know, and just enjoy myself and just kind of listen to it. Because it has a little bit of everything. There is some mystery. And it's kind of like, you know how sometimes you have that comfort movie where you know every twist and turn. So, you know, you're not going to get surprised or stressed out. It's just like, yeah, this is a stressful movie. But, you know, it all works out in the end. And it's great. It's great, Tia. I should expect um, Silence of the Lambs to show up on every single top ten that it can. So you did not disappoint um i guess you a really good reason for it too i mean it's very did, it's very did. summery movie. what's funny is I, I actually gotta see i think the movie did come out in a summer oh and i actually do think more murders happen in the summer <laughs> and just like that we got demonetized um, <laughs> yeah, there you go um i was gonna say like you know anthony hawkins just won um an oscar at like the age of he should. As and he should. <laughs> and I'm like, that man continues to give just superb uh, performances. And I will say that prior to meeting Brittany, I actually had never seen Silence of the Lambs. I knew, I knew of the cultural references, right? I feel like you can't have been a 90s baby and grown up during that time without knowing some things about the movie yeah. right and also and also on top of that um what you call it do you remember there was a show that was literally called I love the 70s, I love the 80s, I love the 90s. Do you yes. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was obsessed with it because I was really obsessed with the 80s one and hoping they would talk about Transformers. And I kept trying to catch it in time to see if they would talk about Transformers. I don't think they ever did. Um, I know, depressing. But I'm just saying, like, I I think that show, honestly, should be, like, recommended for kids to watch. Because I got all of my cultural, pop cultural, even historic references from that show. I mean, they went through things that were happening in real life, from the Berlin Wall getting knocked down, to, you know, what was happening in entertainment and everything. So it's like, 
when they did I Love the 90s, they obviously talked about Silence of the Lambs. So again, I knew about it, right? And then I watched it at your house, what, like six years ago or something at this point. Bruh, like, that made me feel old. Holy <laughs> shit. Never that ever yeah, um, and I was like wow I understand what everyone means when they talk so highly of this movie and Anthony Hopkins performance is so great that you literally kind of forget that he's only in it for like 10 minutes <laughs> I know that's why like sometimes I just look at the compilations of like his scene because I'm like, oh, I could watch this in the time it like takes for the shower to warm up and for me to lay out my clothes for the day. <laughs> I have a problem, Tia, and I'm not sorry about it. I just need you to know that. Well, can I point out something too? So Polly and I then rewatched the movie not too long ago, actually, I want to say. I know he like swung by at some point to like say that we watched it recently but we did watch it not too long ago and I have to say that as I was watching it I this sounds bad but do you ever go back and watch it and it's the moment when Buffalo Bill kidnaps that girl and you kind of think to yourself how dumb she was and I know that sounds bad but it's like he's literally like can you help me put this couch in my van and she's like, okay. And then it's like, oh, well, can you get in first? I'm going to just push the couch into you or something. She's like, okay. And then he closes the doors and drives away. And I'm like, girl, no. <laughs> you know, and like, I, I for a long time watching, I was like, okay, you know, I'm never going to help someone. But I think what the, they were trying to say, you know, between who, because their mother is like the governor or senator, right, of that state yeah. they're in which like it's actually been a little bit since I've watched it fully through again so you know I'm not as like well versed as I used to be my thing is is that her mom goes on about how she's such a sweet girl and that you know really just talking about how great her daughter is and I think what it's supposed to be is that you know she has a big moment where you know she's begging with them and she you know she seems very like timid very upset very scared very like very naively innocent but by the end when she gets out and she seems so angry like you know like she's just so ready to be out like when she gets the dog and she holds it you know hostage against him I think it's kind of was kind of her awakening to innocence of like that kind of innocence loss because she fucking she she fucking took that dog and I think she keeps it because it hurts its leg whenever it falls down and she's still fucking clutching that dog at the end and I'm like she really fucking loves that dog now well it needs a new home so <laughs> <laughs> I mean Clarice didn't shoot the fuck out of that dude so yeah, right? he's like like and you know what I thought was neat about it is that you know Hannibal does take a moment to really like psychoanalyze it, it psychoanalyze the guy but in a way that you wouldn't have gotten that beforehand you would just been like oh he's fucking crazy he's making like a suit out of skin I mean it was a very like intelligent movie and you don't realize how much of that movie is just talking until you go back and rewatch it and it's like so much of it is just talking but it's great. It's an amazing movie. Um, yeah. Great choice. 
uh, starting us off strong here at the top 10. <laughs> I'm going to get number nine and I'm going to do a major flashback. And I was like, I don't know why I haven't seen this movie in forever. So I too have to watch it again this summer uh, for no other reason than it's just talk about nostalgia and a feel good movie. Please tell me that you've seen the mummy. Okay. Yes and no. I remember it one time being on at my great aunt's and everybody watching it. And I, I, but me myself have never actually seen. It. I remember that wasn't was the rock in it. You're, you're not a true '90s baby when you I haven't know. seen the mummy. <laughs> I know. I, I'm old enough to remember when it came out, and I even think. And, and this isn't me just like making it up. I'm just being serious. I may have even seen that movie, but it's kind of like I went and saw Planet of the Ape when it first came out. You know, when they first did like the newer one, not the the one where like there's the fucking Abraham Lincoln as a fucking like ape yeah. and everything. I I remember that, but I don't remember it. Like I was there for it, but I don't remember it. This is where the age difference of you and I really comes into play. But <laughs> I really quick, you said The Rock, right? So really quick, uh, the second mummy, The Rock makes a very brief appearance because his whole thing, he's the Scorpion King, right? And he makes a very yeah. brief appearance. And then they did a spinoff featuring The Rock and like his backstory called The Scorpion King. And can I tell you, because that was like, I want to say The Mummy 2 was The Rock's first movie. I could be wrong, but it definitely was in the first five movies that he's ever done outside of the WWE, right? Yeah. I don't know how he actually became a great movie star from The Scorpion King, because that was a huge hot pile of garbage. Oh, the no. One of the worst movies I ever seen and so it's like sometimes I think back and I'm like The Rock is I think uh I think they said like last year the highest paying actor which it's like fine like The Rock is great you know I enjoy a lot of his movies but it's like I can't believe that Hollywood like took a chance on him after how horrible Scorpion King was they collectively went yeah I can take a chance on this guy it's cool it's cool yeah Scorpion King was fucking awful but anyway um, I actually like The Mummy 2 as well, but this is about the first mummy. Oh, God, Brittany. I can't. No, You've never no. seen The Mummy. <laughs> I love... I love The Mummy. Um, you have Brendan Fraser in, like, the height of Brendan Fraser, you know? And he's this, like... You were simping hard. I can feel it in my bones. I want to say, like, first childhood crush. <laughs> like, and but, this is where we differ on our first childhood crushes. I'm yes, sorry. Yes. But so you have, like, Brendan Fraser's character, and he's this, you know, wild man who, you know, he's in Egypt, and he is, uh, you know, he specializes in going in and you know he knows about the pyramids and the this and the that right and then you have Rachel Weiss's character who's this you know she's a librarian she's very 
not I wouldn't say meek right but she's very like put together and you know she never does very anything proper. yeah very proper she never does anything adventurous and her brother who is hilarious definitely the comic relief but he's also a bit of like a scoundrel because he's like he wants you know to explore and he's taking his sister but they need a guide right and they see Brendan Fraser's character who by the way is about to get like hanged for something that he did I forget now because it has been a long time since I've seen the mummy and he ends up like surviving (laughs) he ends up surviving the hanging um oh my god and just like their relationship is so funny because he's just so like not proper or anything and she's just like proper and like thinks that he's disgusting and all that you know at first and obviously through the course of the movie they fall in love you know blah blah but (laughs) no their their relationship's actually great um but the whole like thing about the mummy is it is so cool the backstory of it because it follows this um guy emotep who was like the priest for this pharaoh who had a wife but emotep was sleeping with the wife anaxumanum so when it was discovered he was killed they were separated by death and so uh you know uh, uh you know he comes back to life and everything so it's like you literally have like these mummies coming back to life and you know you know uh Imhotep's trying to be reunited with his long lost love but um she's not going to be reincarnated like he is like he needs to get a body gets Rachel Weiss's character at some point to like be the body and everything it's fucking insane you have mummies coming to life you have fucking like you know beetles that literally get under your skin and fucking eat you from the inside like it's it's so insane it's so yeah no i will tell you that every time they did that i had to look away because they did it a few times in the movie and it like the movie definitely um had some really creepy moments because and the whole to me a lot of the uh messes sometimes of the movie was how greed will get you because there's so many times within the first and second movie where you'll have the one character who's like wants all the riches because they're going into the pyramids where pharaohs were buried with gold and all these treasures and they're they're you know hungry for that while they're trying to escape with their lives like there's one character that literally is trying to put all the gold he can in a bag and like ben frazier's character is saying you know we got to go the walls are closing what are you doing he's like no and he ends up getting trapped and dying you know so that's pretty horrific yeah and there's one point where in order to get into a door like you have to put your hand in this hole and this one guy does it and literally all those bugs start like eating his freaking arm i do remember that scene i i do remember that because it made me not want to reach my hand in the thing (laughs) yeah pull back a bone like a bone hand he literally pulls back say a skeleton (laughs) it definitely now that i look back on it it was not 
probably meant for children <laughs> but Dude, I, you think i loved it i mean the mummy is such an adventure it's it has everything it's an adventure story it's a love story we need, we need to watch it in october can we watch it in october i will yes. wait to watch it just to watch it with you for the first time oh my god you won't regret it it's such an amazing movie it's so fun um and it's unexpected there are say real consequences in the movie you know not everyone makes it out alive um and i i don't know i really enjoyed that and i will say one last thing like again there are some characters in it that are absolutely like sniveling characters and one of my favorite scenes again i guess spoiler alert but you know whatever it's been out for like 20 years so um there's this one character in it who's the epitome of like a sniveling character. He betrays Brendan Fraser's character over and over again because he's greedy. Again, another character that's super greedy. And there's that one point where he is in the same room when um, Emotep is like coming to life and it looks like he's going to kill him. And this guy whose character is named Benny, which it's totally not uh. like totally not like the other characters Benny that we've seen in Supernatural but he has like all these necklaces of different religions and he keeps like trying to like put out a necklace that will work you know uh, oh until, my god <laughs> until finally he gets one and but pretty much Emotep is like oh you're pretty much gonna be my little bitch at this point <laughs> um but yeah it's a great movie. I don't know if I sold it or not, but no, I I actually really want to watch it now. I I'm actually really looking forward to it. It sounds good. If I, I can remember, like my parents loved it, and I know a lot of other people that love it. Like I think Aaron loves it too. But I'm just like I've not seen it. The first one was great, and I really like the second one as well. Um, I actually never saw the third one because even though Brendan Fraser was in it. Rachel Weiss didn't come back and I just thought their chemistry was so good that I just kind of didn't want to watch it if they weren't together you know what I'm saying I was you like oh little bitch you you are big <laughs> about that I've noticed it like with there's like big chemistry between characters and they don't return them you're like well you know what no you know what it is it's like uh one and two I think were really great successes because it felt like everyone put their hearts into it and I feel like the third one was an obvious cash grab because it didn't do nearly as well no one really talks about it you talk about one and two because one and two were great but the third one you're kind of like and then you know they came out with like another mummy where Tom Cruise was in it and that was awful but anyway um yeah so the mummy I definitely suggest. Uh, Brittany, let's just move on. What's your number eight? I'm going to go with uh, Lawless. Yeah. I I, I know we just got done talking about this, but I really, really do enjoy Lawless. And for me, it it goes back to a comfort movie. There's there's not a lot of movies that I just sit and go, man, I really want to watch that, even though I've watched it a million times. But it's almost like therapeutic. Like it, there's so much like an adventure to it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's such like oh there's, I guess it's kind of like the old timey feel of it. I it feels a lot more simple, 
because sometimes I feel like when you have a like a movie or show that's more modern there's so many different things you have to consider like oh they're gonna get a call you know there's gotta get this you gotta drive you gotta do this there's something kind of I wouldn't know if I would just say like quaint about it but there's something nice about not having to worry about a million other things it's just in one central location with a lot of shit happening but you know there's almost a comfort in it but it's just always such a good movie and I and I won't go super super deep into it because we did just talk about it but it's like when you have kind of that moonshine adventure like prohibition era and for like Tia we both know we love like old like mobster shit like especially with the prohibition so to have it kind of like not really like mob like not like you know like Al Capone but oh it actually kind of did because did one of the uh freaking um oh fuck what's his name uh Shia LaBeouf or Shia LaBeouf um he isn't he really like obsessed with that one like mobster that came through town and like shoots up yes he was like because he was like a chicago gangster you know a new alpha and he wanted or to something. be like him he wanted yeah. to be like him and uh he got all excited because i think the guy like winked at him or something and that really puts him on the path of like wanting to fucking do that and um oh no i the movie's just i don't even know where to begin with it it's just one of those good and one you have tom hardy in it looking fucking like trying to pop out of his fucking sweater and his relationship with maggie and have you met howard and i don't know the brothers and everyone had really good chemistry no i like we just got talking about lawless when we did the whole uh top 10 best tom hardy roles and it's like it still stands up as probably like the best one of the best tom hardy roles of all time and i love lawless i think like that it's a great movie that i can continue watching over and over and over again i as you said i love the whole like prohibition thing i love the way that the movie is structured it has happy moments it has sad moments it has you know death adventure it has a lot and i like this idea of this movie where you just have these moonshiners and uh it's just following their lives in their little small town um and yeah i don't know i love it uh i love the brothers and i wouldn't change a thing about lawless i thought it was great i know i i think it's like i even love the villain in it like he was so hateable he was fucking awful and his fucking like ocd with like touching people you know like that one girl when it's like oh you know i think i don't i don't know who she was like to them like but like when he had her on the bed and he made her sit on newspapers i was like you're a fucking awful human being you are disgusting but he was such a good hateable character like one of those you really rooted against but he made a great villain yeah um guy pierce as charlie rakes i think did a really good job in making this absolutely despicable villain with really no redeemable characteristics oh yeah he was totally redeemable and then he killed a 
the freaking one of the guy's friends. He killed um Shia LaBeouf's character Jack. He killed his friend in such yeah. a horrible way too. I thought to myself, it breaks what? his neck. Yeah, and I was like, what did he do to you? <laughs> he did nothing. He, he was breathing, so he fixed it. Do you? <laughs> if he breathing, <laughs> he need be dead. <laughs> Dude, you just reminded me of uh is she praise Jesus have you seen that no oh my god it no it's back on the Star Wars thing I'll send it to you after uh after the podcast okay okay good yeah um but I agree lawless is a super fun uh movie to definitely watch this summer I mean I think the soundtrack is really good um you will end up rooting for these characters in the end. Even though I guess you could technically say, like, you know, they are doing something illegal. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's just alcohol. Who cares? No, <laughs> you I should- mean, I still live in the Prohibition, so. Yeah, that, you know what? That is very true. That is very true. Um, yeah, I love it. Uh, you know, that movie really, I mean, first of all, that movie... Um, kind of made me look at Shia LaBeouf differently as an actor which you know Shia's going through a lot of crazy shit right now which is not good um so that sucks you know to kind of find that out but at least that I'm just talking about me at the time of when Lawless came out I'm gonna be honest before then all I had seen him in was Transformers and I was like wow I actually kind of like him in this movie um and I love Tom Hardy, uh, you know, I love, and Jason Clark, who played Howard. That was the first movie I saw him in. And I definitely, now when I see him in projects, I kind of get a little more interest. And I'm not like the biggest watcher of his career, like some actors I'm very fond of, but I still get interested when I see him in a project, just because it all goes back to Lawless. You know, I just had a reminder of one of the guys that worked today said, uh, I said something about the Punisher. I was like, oh, John Bertha, oh, you know, I love him. And uh, he said, yeah, he goes, I was really afraid. He goes, because I fucking hated Shane. He goes, I hated <laughs> Shane so bad. I nearly stopped watching. And I was like, dude, that's how you know he's a great villain. You know, <laughs> and I had to give like the spiel of like, you know, he couldn't go back for Rick. And I said, you know, I he's like, but you know, Rick hadn't been supposedly dead for so long before they were suddenly banging. And I was like, yeah, but you know, it was the apocalypse. And he's like, stop standing up for him. I'm like, Shane, I'm sorry. Shane Walsh did nothing wrong. He <laughs> <laughs> did nothing wrong except everything. Except everything. But yeah, I love it. You putting Lawless down. Um guys it's a great movie to watch this summer you should definitely check it out um let me go to my list and make sure that i'm here um so i'm actually going to pick a movie that came out recently and i believe it's still available um on hbo max hang on let me actually make sure i get the movie title right (laughs) okay yeah okay that's what i thought it was um it's Godzilla versus Kong. So, oh man. Yeah, so this movie just came out and I think it's really good. It first of all, who doesn't love an action-packed movie during the summer, right? 
Um, and for those who are listening, if you watched 2017's Kong Skull Island, and then you watched, I believe it came out last year, or two years ago, Godzilla King of the Monsters. So Godzilla versus Kong is the next one in that lineage of movies. So it's literally the King Kong that we saw in Skull Island versus Godzilla that was in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, and I think that the movie Godzilla versus Kong was a nice combination of obviously getting to see two giant monsters fight each other and blended with say the humans because it's like in these movies right like to me the whole king kong and godzilla thing is kind of similar to like the transformers where you sit there and go i could literally be fine with just a movie of the big giant things i don't need the humans but you know in transformers at least they talk and you know Godzilla and Kong obviously don't talk so in a way you do need humans but I didn't find the humans like their parts so insufferable that it took away from the movie and um the movie is really interesting because if you watch Godzilla King of the Monsters like Godzilla is clearly say a hero a protector so in Godzilla versus Kong slight spoilers here but Godzilla is very much, at least in the beginning of the movie, the aggressor. And if you're a Godzilla fan and you've seen Godzilla King of the Monsters, you are probably a little confused at first because they don't give an explanation right away as to why he is fighting against King Kong and why he's so aggressive. The explanation does come later and it's a pretty plausible one. So it's pretty satisfying. But you totally are like, why is Godzilla being this way? Um, and it's it's a pretty good, uh, the two of them had a pretty good, like, knockout brawl. Um, and, you know, I'm not, say, the biggest kaiju fan. But even I was like, you know what, this is badass seeing the two of them go at it. <laughs> I, by the way, you're gonna think I'm so dumb when you were like, you're trying to figure out why he's so aggressive, and I was like, it's because he's got all these teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> Have you seen Waterboy? No, no, yeah. I haven't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That was wasted on you. Wasted. No, I'm it serious. was. I have to. I have. I have so many things. The. I have so many things to send you right after this. But I was gonna say I need to see this movie because I've seen everything else. I. I'm completely caught up. There's no reason for me to not watch it. I just. I don't know. Have you I'm seen Godzilla? Yeah. Have you seen Godzilla King of the Monsters? I have. Oh, okay. I yeah. Have, uh, yeah. So you would definitely enjoy Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I think it's really good. Um, King Kong definitely is uh, painted at, as this really sympathetic character, uh, especially if you've seen, and I know you have, but I'm saying in general, if you've seen Kong sure. Skull Island, it's like you definitely saw him as this good guy who's just protecting people and i really so in the movie right got uh king kong has this like bond with this little girl and it's such a great bond and again you're like uh human interaction but it's not huge it's 
in subtle little moments and I really love it it makes you sit there and go wow Kong is like such a great character I'd like to meet Kong one day and then you remember he's a gigantic freaking ape and you're like never mind <laughs> you know um didn't they say like in the other movie he was still like an adolescent and that he's a fucking adult now and he's fucking massive well, yeah, you definitely see that because compared to Kong Skull Island, you can tell that he's gotten bigger, especially when he goes up against Godzilla because Godzilla is freaking massive. Um, like, oh my God. Can I tell you one thing? That in Godzilla versus Kong, I can't believe that these two beings could do as much damage as they can and it doesn't cause actual, say, permanent damage to the planet. Because Godzilla uh, I is... I wonder how massive. they eat that much. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. Um, I will say their end fight is so badass. Um, and then there's like another element that's thrown in it. And I really don't want to ruin it because you really should watch Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, before it leaves HBO Max and because the end element that they throw in there is really cool oh now I need it uh I know I've been slacking on movies too I've been slacking I didn't see the new Demon Slayer movie but I, I'm slacking on the rest of it I'm just saying it's a good movie for you and Aaron on a day that you're just both kind of chilling put it on um and enjoy two freaking massive monsters going at it so yeah uh godzilla versus kong i definitely suggest for those who are listening especially before it leaves hbo max because hbo max has a window that is put on so it's not going to be there forever so make sure you check it out uh Brittany, what's your next one you're gonna lie. i i love forrest gump oh my like, god <laughs> i I for me that I don't know why that speaks more of like like summer movie to me. It makes me think of like back when my parents had their lake house, like and there was no internet there, there was nothing, you know, there's just like hanging out, having a good time, having drinks and watching a good movie. And I remember watching like Forrest Gump over there. And I don't know, there's just something fun about it. Like, yes, there's serious notes in it that you know do get stressful like you know vietnam you know him losing his you know losing uh baba and going through everything but it's presented in a way that it kind of is almost i'm not saying like children should learn life lessons from it but it's like it it took a lot of serious matters and like made them in a way that was like digestible for like a common audience you know without being too serious I mean, for God's sake, like, like fucking Forrest, like, poor him, where he's like, yeah, you know, my, his namesake is fucking awful, and they're just like, yeah, because he does, he's so naive, he doesn't know anything like that, or this, like, um, you know, when he just takes off running one day, because, you know, he's upset over Jenny, and, you know, they're like, I don't know. You know, in his powerful moment where he's like, I may not be a smart man, but I know, you know, basically I know what love is. And I don't know. It's just, it's a cute movie. It, you know, it's really serious in some parts, but I've 
I could sit and watch it probably back to back at least three times before I was like, okay, I'm done with this fucking movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of Tom Hanks's most memorable roles. And I bet your grandma loves it too. You know, okay, so for new listeners out there, because we haven't touched upon this in a while, my grandmother loves Tom Hanks. Um, she thinks he's one of the best actors, and he is, he's one of the best actors, but I think she just loves him because he can do a lot of different movies, and I think that she likes, you know, my grandparents are old school, right? They don't like their movies with excessive violence, cursing, sexual content, right? So to me, I feel, and she said before, like, Tom Hanks's movies are digestible, because they are really good movies, and a lot of them do cover some serious things, but it doesn't do it in a way that has to be very raunchy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So well, I think I, they have to take more thought into the actual plot to not come across a certain way instead of, you know, kind of leaning on basic shit, I guess. You, <laughs> you get what I mean? Well, yeah, it's kind of you know how people always say that curse words are filler words and we all curse um but but they are to a degree and you can say in movies excessive violence and excessive sex scenes are fillers um so you know like the movie captain phillips right that's a really serious movie it has to deal with you know a ship getting taken over by pirates but a movie like that my grandma still loves because it's able to tell its story in a very tense way without being just overly shocking um and again listen we we watch plenty of movies that have excessive violence and sex scenes and cursing and everything i'm just saying from the perspective of my grandparents uh they really like tom hanks for this reason and forrest gump is one of his most iconic movies and yeah, you know, it kind of teaches you life lessons. I mean, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what it you're going to get. It is a box of chocolates, Tia. It is. It is. Sorry, I, I, I really, I don't know. It's kind of, there's just so much in it. For me, I really, you know, I fucking love history. History is my favorite thing in the entire world to learn about. And, you know, it's almost like a history lesson, too. Well, yeah, I mean, you have sorry go ahead no 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 i was just saying like it, it it's just like a history lesson because you're going to, through every like major event in history up to the point of his birth down to the you know the earliest yeah absolutely so um i will say that that to me one of those iconic moments is uh bubba right and he's like and he's going through all the ways you could eat shrimp and i kind of sat there i'm like you know he's right there are a lot of ways you can eat shrimp (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) right there's a fucking lot of ways to uh what's the word for it uh cook shrimp dude now i'm hungry thanks a lot tia there i don't know if it's still in new york city but there was a restaurant called bubba gum um, I, I've been to one. I loved it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been there because I just don't think I was ever with people who were interested in going. But 
I would have been interested in going, especially they. I hope their shrimp was good because it's like you can't have a restaurant called Bubba Gum and their shrimp not be good. I remember it was good, but I remember it was expensive. But it may have already been because I think I was in Florida around like, um, like Universal Studios, <laughs> which probably didn't help. No, it didn't at all. No, but I love that you picked Forest. It's a feel-good movie, also bittersweet. It has a lot of emotions to it. Um, but I think what is great about this movie, especially for say summer is um you know Forrest always has his like optimism and that's really nice to see you know we, we all need more optimism out there good he uh i don't know he he had a very different way of looking at the world and i appreciated it yeah exactly like everyone needed a forest gump in their life so i love it a uh, great pick for here I'm laughing at your text message. <laughs> I know. I, I want to watch The Mummy now. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I know I said it was like, oh, we watched it together the first time. But I'm also like, my birthday is Thursday. You can Fox watch it with that. My birthday off. And I'm like, I could watch The Mummy. <laughs> you should definitely watch it. I recommend watching it immediately. Don't wait till you come here. Like, watch it. I won't sleep on it. I promise. Okay. Good, good, good. All right, so I, what number are we at right now? Hang on. Let me make sure that I got everything. Wait, I think I did three. I did uh, Hannibal, uh, Lawless, and Forrest Gump. Okay. So it would so... be your number three. Second. Because I'm not writing it today. I'm like putting it in a notepad on, you know, my computer. So whatever. Um, this <laughs> all right so my number five here it is on the list number five so i'm gonna do a favorite of mine right um and i think that it's a perfect one to watch this summer because it's a lot of fun it's a classic um and it's a knight's tale please you know what i, I, I am saying that i am tia you're good you're good you don't have okay to i was like i was like i have a feeling already that you're gonna say that you've never seen this movie and i'm going to die <laughs> no my mom was obsessed with this movie growing up i love the night's tale love it so much uh first of all heath ledger is in it um so automatically you got it right um and let me explain for those who are listening why it's a great movie and why you should definitely rewatch it this summer. By the way, I'm renaming this podcast is the top ten movies to rewatch this summer. So Ooh, that can... that's a good one. I'm yeah. to you. <laughs> um so you got Heath Ledger's character who is, you know, this person who grew up in poverty and it's during a time where like no one gets out of their you know class right it's a complete like caste system where if you're born poor you're gonna die poor right but he loves watching like the jousting shit but you can only partake in jousting if you are a knight if you are of royal blood so pretty much him and Jeffrey Chaucer and his other ragtag team of friends uh, make up this whole thing of him being of royal noble blood so that he can be a jouster and he's amazing at it, right? Um, you know, and it's such a fun, great freaking movie that is all about, you know, 
getting away from, you know, following your dreams really and not letting anything uh, stop you in the way because you talk about during a time where that wasn't possible. Like now, if you're born in a certain situation, you have dreams and to a degree they're obtainable, right? But, But then it wasn't even like, oh, it's just impossible to say make that much money. It was like, no, you literally weren't allowed to get out of the position that you were in. So the fact that you have this character and he's getting out of that position and he's, you know, making a name for himself and he's making, you know, his dad proud and everything like that and X, Y, and Z. And I love, um, I love the end of it, right? You remember he actually ends up getting knighted they're like oh we actually found that you really do have like this tiny bit of noble blood or something i forget really what that was but i remember at the end he became a real knight and i loved it and i especially loved it because um paul bettany you know our vision played jeffrey chaucer who is a real life um person uh you know, just like Shakespeare, he wrote sonnets and stories and everything. And A Knight's Tale, the movie, is loosely based on a Geoffrey Chaucer story, literally called A Knight's Tale. Um, and there's I this. Love that. And uh, before I pass it to you, there's this one scene that I love because, uh, as say someone who likes literature, I found it funny. Um, you know how in the movie Jeffrey Chaucer's character was always getting like fucked with with these like two idiots pretty much and he's like I will immortalize you in my stories as two buffoons pretty much and I just thought that was funny because as a writer you can do that (laughs) (laughs) I I was gonna say you know on the other part you know I love the French Revolution right yeah but uh I, I was going to say what's, you know, funny, you know, even talking about that, there was a point in time where, you know, it's like, you know, you had the first estate, second estate, and third estate, and the first estate was the clergy, and second estate was the nobleman, and third estate was just everybody else, middle class, middle class, peasants, everything else. But with the second estate with the nobleman, uh, there was certain things that only they could do. Like they were the only ones allowed to wear like a sword on their hip or like dress a certain way. And it's like, how would you be like if they're like, yeah, I have a sword on my hip, isn't it cool? And they're like, are you noble? Uh, no. Well, then you're not allowed to take that shit off. You're not yeah. allowed to have that. <laughs> That's insane. No. I know it seems so little, but you know, you think about like you know living where we do and being in the time we are. Somebody was like oh yeah you can't dress a certain way you're like what the fuck you <laughs> like you may get some stairs but nobody's gonna be like you are literally against the law for wearing this yeah no it's like so interesting um and sad right <laughs> to you know realize how things used to be um another reason by the way why i think that this is a good movie to watch during summer is it takes place obviously during you know medieval times and shit and I just found out that the Renaissance Fair is happening this summer. So, um, you know, definitely to get, to get into the mood for the Renaissance and all that, you know, it's a perfect movie. And 
I loved how it was like this movie in medieval times, but then also had modern day rock music. Because there's literally a moment, I don't know if you remember, where the audience literally starts going, we will, we will rock you. And it's like, they didn't have Queen back then, obviously. <laughs> you want to know something funny about that? You're going to laugh. And I need you to not judge me. Okay. You hear it? I had never heard that song until A Knight's Tale. And I was like, oh, it's a good song. And then I heard the actual song as a kid. And I was like, oh, it's for <laughs> Brittany, I am convinced that Arkansas is not part of the United States. And just. Wow, Tia. <laughs> wow. Way to hate on Arkansas. Apologies to all our Arkansas listeners out there. <laughs> don't even like each other but if you talk bad about new york they're gonna turn up oh hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah um that's fine that's fine it's fine i will go over there uh but yeah i love a knight's tale um i miss heath ledger that it's such a good movie of his it's so it's such a fun movie of his and yeah it was it's just a great movie so make sure you check out a night's tale this summer again uh Brittany, what's your number four well i'm torn between two but i'm gonna go ahead and go with this one because you said with heath ledger and i'm gonna go with uh 10 things i hate about you oh i love 10 things i, I hate about you <laughs> it, uh, my mom like a lot of the movies i grew up loving is mom had a habit that if she really loves a movie she would re-watch it like no other and so whether or not like say just for example it's like annie i remember watching annie a million fucking times like my mom would watch it and instantly start rewinding the tape to watch it again mm-hmm. and for and mom was obsessed with 10 things i hate about you i remember back when i was living with my mom and we had dvr she would record it and she'd be like, you want to lay down with me and watch 10 Things I Hate About You? I don't know. It's just such a cute movie. It's like, you do have that constant stress of like, what are you going to do when she finds out, you know, that he was paid, you know, to take her on a date and make her fall in love. But guess what? The bad boy actually does fall in love. And yeah, he's kind of rough around the edges, but guess what? He's got a heart of gold. And, and so is she. Does care. And she has a heart of gold. And she's not the hard ass that she makes herself out to be. And that the reason, like, she's the way that she is because the fucking guy that her sister's wanting to get with and how fucking scummy he is. Ugh. And then, like, you have a uh, freaking uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it. Like, he looks so different. He was such an adorable, like, young adult slash teenager i'm like how did you go from being short little shit like you know looking like an adorable little bean to being a fucking like man being a batman being in all these amazing movies holy shit but uh i thought he was adorable in that movie and just like i don't know i think a lot of uh um when Heath Ledger is singing on the bleachers and running like hell as people are trying to get him and are just like laughing you know like just being like I don't know it's very uh 
a very grand display of affection whereas you know before in the movie he wouldn't have been capable of doing something like that and I think it was like also big because you know she was so poetic that something like that was probably more likely to speak to her I (laughs) I love that scene so much it's like because as you said all right I love this movie (laughs) because it spoke to me because the main girl right I obviously felt a connection with her she was you know not the typical teenage high school girl she rejected these high school teenage norms she was artsy and you know misunderstood and uh you know didn't want to do x y and z and I was like I love her so much you know um and I loved (laughs) I love their father's rules right because his whole thing I don't know if you remember the whole reason why this happened is because the younger sister wanted to date that scummy guy but the rule was you can't date unless your older sister dates and she's like but she's never going to date anyone and the father's like yep i know dad's like that makes my job so much easier and so the thing was that they needed to get a guy who would date the girl and they said let's get uh you know Heath Ledger's character who as you said was the badass and you can see like he's playing with fire at some point they're like I'm pretty sure he's been arrested and, you know da 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 right he's like burning himself with a lighter at some yeah. point and I'm like staring at him and it's like <laughs> it, it made me think of like you know my my uh my older brother came by today and I was like, yeah, people don't really ask me questions. I was like, that's because you always look pissed off. And he's like, that's on purpose. So people don't talk to me. And that's all I could think of for him where it's like, um, just like, I just, I'm doing it. For, that's the exact point. I don't want to be talked to. I think that's exactly what it was. And that was just so great. I loved their little date. They went like paintballing or something or paint throwing. And I was like, that's so cool. Um, I love their little relationship with each other. Um, I like when she got drunk <laughs> at the party because <laughs> she was like, oh, is this what I'm supposed to do? She fucking As- herself out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so great. It was really great. And I, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character because he really liked the sister and he wanted to get with the sister even though the sister is getting with a really scummy guy. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's so cute. manipulating her. Like, she was manipulating him like yeah you know we can go on a date after you know my sister is dating or like something like that like I I don't know I can't remember if she intentionally did it or whatever but I remember going man that's kind of scummy I'm sorry I'm like looking at gifs on tumblr about it and I'm just remembering the one-liners that the dad had it's like uh it's the younger sister and the younger sister's friend. It's like, Mr. Stratford, it's just a party. And he goes, and hell is just a sauna. <laughs> and he's like, put on the belly. Put oh, on the yeah. Belly. <laughs> he was a mom. Be like, before you go out, just remember. <laughs> just fucking remember. Oh, my God. This could be you. Meanwhile, in Arkansas, they're like, I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> no. What? 
bitch. I just do it just to make fun of Brittany, guys. Don't, don't. I'm already worked up. I'm already seething. <laughs> no, but 10 Things I Hate About You is great. And I like her, her little poem at the end, you know, because it ended with her just pretty much like, I hate how much, like, I fucking like you. <laughs> I hate that Ooh. even though you betrayed me. I just can't stop like thinking about you know like he ended up loving you girl he ended up you're loving you like you like this speaks to my angsty soul I think that's what it was is the whole thing was so angsty and I think even at the end of the movie if I remember like doesn't he buy her a guitar and she's just like this is so cool and I don't know that character spoke to me so much as a teenager. I oh, pictured myself Tia, as that my character. Yeah, yeah. But um, ten things I hate about you. That's a great. It's a great movie to watch during the summer. You inspired me. I, I really enjoyed that. I think that's a good one. And we have back to back both a Knight's Tale and Ten Things I Hate About You. So yeah, that's great. As they should be as they should be oh god i know i keep saying this but like r.i.p heath ledger i just think so it's so weird because you know he he was an actor and obviously i didn't know him and it's like oh how do you like think about an actor so much but i think everyone has that with one actor when they pass away that you just sit there and go man the career that that person would have had it's the same thing I feel as people still talk about Jimmy Dean, right? Realistically, did you know Jimmy Dean was only in about three movies? But because he was so yeah, but because he was so good at it, he had such a like successful career in such a short amount of time. People still sat there and said, "Can you imagine what would have happened if he, you know, would have went on?" And I think that's how I feel about Heath Ledger. Because I sit there and go, if he were still alive, I can picture uh, several roles that he would have gotten over the actors who actually got those roles. And, and another thing is, just like people love a young, tragic death. Mm-hmm. And it's like the reason why people were obsessed with, like, uh, you know, Romeo and Juliet, because there's the tragedy of it. And I feel like, you know, of course he was amazing, and I'm not taking that away from it, but. People like Mer- uh, Marilyn Monroe was young. Marilyn Monroe was young. Amy Winehouse, Aaliyah. I don't know if you were yeah. too young for that, but like Aaliyah and Left Eye from TLC, when they, um, you know, passed away, that was like a tragedy. Didn't one of the, uh, didn't one of the Beastie Boys die? I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because there was one where my mom loved Beastie Boys, but she said after, I can't remember his name, she's like, after someone died, I just stopped listening. And I was like, my mom listened to Beastie Boys? <laughs> Don't disrespect Beastie Boys. I love the Beastie no, Boys. No, <laughs> no. I'm I'm just like when you're like first getting into music and you're like I don't because you know I didn't have the internet I didn't have any of that I was just like hearing things and I thought they were modern and when mom I was like mom this song's so good and she's like yeah that's Beastie Boys I was like to fuck my mom knows what is this (laughs) the 80s man um no yeah you know so like Keith Ledger is kind of like that to me Bryant loves Aaliyah 
Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, right? He, like... Because even I know that about him. And I've only, right. like, met him, like, one... Actually, have I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I had a moment where, like, my brain pooped out, and I was like, have I, have I met him? But it's been so long ago. It's been like, so long, yeah. Well, yeah. No, but he loves Aaliyah, and I mean... I grew up with Aaliyah's music, and I do think that if she were still alive, again, if she were still alive, I think there's a lot of movie roles she would have gotten, and I think that her music would have, you know, continued um, on. Potential, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's tragic, too, where you're like, you could have been all these things, but now you're never going to have the chance, kind of sadness. Yeah, exactly, and especially when they're so young, and it could have been avoidable because i believe if people who are i'll look it up afterward you know um but i believe she died in a car accident or i thought it was a plane accident it was a plane accident because left eye died in a car accident while on vacation to a different country um i was getting because both of them kind of died within um like not that long of a time and everything because i remember you know they were really big into the r&b and hip-hop world and missy elliott was really huge at that time as well and i think she really liked those two girls because i think she saw them both as young protégés almost and so yeah. when the two, so when the two of them passed away i remember several of missy elliott's music videos where she always um, had both of their, say, portraits in the background. Well, now I'm sad. I know, I didn't mean to make it a sad thing, but... No, I th- no, <laughs> I, I I love it. I was just like, man, I was like, it is, you know, there is a lot of tragedy to it. Uh, that's like, uh, as a kid, which I'm, I feel really sad, I'm having trouble thinking of his name because it's been so long. I was obsessed with that guy from Jackass. I had the biggest little girl crush on Brian him. Brian Dunn yes i had the biggest crush on him and when he really? died, like, yes. i was obsessed with him because i like everybody was like yeah you know bam and i'm like yeah fuck bam like <laughs> like i'm all about you know what you said chris Dun- brian I such trouble- brian Dun- i don't know why i had such r- trouble remembering his name for a guy i used to be obsessed with i, I guess you know time but uh yeah, I was obsessed with him. I, I thought he was the coolest ever. I thought I liked his beard and everything. I thought he was so cool and he wasn't gross like the other guys. And I was just like, I don't know. He was just to me he was just different. And that sounds so silly coming from a little kid mouth, like my little kid mouth. <laughs> I think I really liked out of that crew Johnny Knoxville the most because I felt like he oh, was yeah. the I felt like he was the less gross of everyone too. <laughs> right, Steve-O. Steve-O's really come a long way. Like he came to a point. Oh I yeah, think and he, I like, commend him for that. I really do. Because I think he said he at one point like he snorted glass, like glass dust and stuff. Like did some like stuff where he's like, I shouldn't be alive. Like he was very shocked he was, and I'm shocked he was. He did this great, I think about a year ago or something, a great uh, reenactment of a classic photo of his because I believe he's uh, either 10 or 12 years sober at this point. But he did a reenactment of an old photo where the old photo from however many years ago is him like 
foaming at the mouth and he has like all these drugs around him and you know blah blah, blah. and then he did did a reenactment where it's like all vegetables and juices oh around. my god i remember <laughs> oh my gosh i like uh, how they all equally agreed that we're getting too old for this shit and we're not recovering like we used to no not at all but i did want to mention one thing about the ryan dunn uh death i was shocked about that because i watched oh. I watched Jackass, I watched Viva La Bam, and when you're younger and you're watching all these guys do all these crazy things, you kind of feel like they're invincible, and then when someone dies, you're like, oh, they're not. Like, and and I was so silly, but I think that was the first, like, celebrity death that actually, like, like, not affected me, like, I'm not like, oh, yeah, you know, really messed up, it's like, it, I was I was pretty fucking upset about it. And I think I had never been like upset about a celebrity's death before that point. I mean, you know, I think it's okay to be upset. Like some people say, oh, you didn't know them, blah, blah. But when they're such public figures, you know, and you watch their things, I I think it's okay, right? So I sit there and I say, I think it's okay that I'm still kind of really shocked about Heath Ledger's death, or I think it's okay to still be upset that Robin Williams is dead. You know, like I think it's okay to I, to do that. I have a habit of really starting to fall in love with an actor's work after they're dead and after they pass. So I'm just like, you know, and I you crave more of their content like because everything for you you know you got into amy winehouse after her death and you do have that kind of tragic moment where you're like holly i wish i would have liked them whenever they were alive you know to fully appreciate it or be excited for the new content but now you're at the point where you're like oh they're never going to make anything ever again i get that and yes Brittany is right 100 percent. like i got into amy winehouse after she passed away Um, because I wasn't even really aware of what type of music she did until I heard her song and I said oh my god this is so good and Brian's like it's Amy Winehouse and I'm like this is the music Amy Winehouse made um yeah but I want to say I get that sometimes with Linkin Park I sometimes Uh, I sometimes have a moment where I sit there and go man Linkin Park hasn't come out with an album in a while and I'm like fuck (laughs) like i remember i think lincoln park was one of the first uh what was it called meteora i think that was like one of the first cds i ever owned really that's a good cd yeah <laughs> that's a good CD. uh it really spoke to my wannabe emo emotional <laughs> self who uh had great loving parents that bought me uh black clothing with skulls and my mom was like you look so cute in this yeah, definitely. Um, hybrid theory and Meteora definitely spoke to my angsty teenager soul of just wanting to be that angsty when in reality I had no reason to be that angsty. But um, yeah, I was going to say one last thing about Linkin Park too. I love their music. I'm sorry. They were one of my favorite bands when I was in high school because I, I said they're I said, no one's doing it like them. What other band has this style? I, I think it like, I, I still laugh because I'm like, this was goth Tia that was like, super like, you probably were as afraid to be like, this is how I feel about this music. 
Uh, I think that Linkin Park kind of was one of those musics that um, transcended, say, every genre, because it was literally two genres at the same time. It was rap and rock. So whether you were into rap, you were probably into Linkin Park. If you were into rock, you were into Linkin Park. So, um, and even though I had, say, like my goth phase, my music tastes very much in the rock world were very grungy and Linkin Park kind of was grungy. But again, merging these two methods of music that you couldn't help just be so fucking into. Well, now I'm depressed all over again. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Um, so, <laughs> let's, let's move on to the third to the third one and I guess this pick is kind of depressing too but I feel like it's a good event film to re-watch especially on a Sunday when you're at home or maybe it's one of those days during the summer that's way too hot you should not be out and you know you're just inside blasting the AC um and it's Avengers Endgame <laughs> and oh, I say <laughs> I say that because it's been two years since it came out. It's three hours long. And I'm like, you know what? You should rewatch Avengers Endgame. Um, because why the fuck not, right? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, it's definitely an hour burner. Like, you, you have time to sit and relax and listen. <laughs> yeah exactly so you know Avengers Endgame as you guys know the culmination of 10 plus years of Marvel Cinematic Universe every story from Iron Man 1 all the way through finally coming together for Avengers Endgame can I tell you Brittany do you ever wish that you could relive for the first time uh, a moment in a movie Oh, I do all the time, yes. Yeah, I mine is I wish I could relive Cap lifting Mjolnir, and I also wish I could relive the portal scene. No, you know, what's funny about him, yeah, you know, when he uh, throws Mjolnir and like catches it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, somebody pointed out that you notice when Thor, you know, gets the hammer. He always, like, it just stops in his hand. It automatically stops. But because Captain America wasn't sure how it worked, he pulls back like he's catching the shield, like, expecting the recoil. So, you know, like, when he catches the shield, he always, like, arches his arm back, like, right. because the impact. He does the same with the hammer, not knowing that it would already stop in his hand like it does with Thor and I was like you know what that's pretty cool that's such an interesting thing I never even thought about that thank you for bringing that up well, yeah. <laughs> no I would so I wish I could relive those scenes can I tell you so um I am very excited to go back to a movie theater I know you've actually been back to a movie theater I have not yet oh that's um, amazing nothing was better than the experience in the movie theater right you're watching the whole film you're taking it in right you're watching the 
the time heist, as it's been dubbed. You're watching the time heist. You're watching them go through everything. And then, you know, it's the big Thanos scene and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, it's the big scene where, you know, Thor's down, Tony's down, and all there is is Steve Rogers. And he looks like he's seen better days. And he's looking at Thanos' army and he's having his Jon Snow moment, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> And then suddenly you hear uh, on your left and the, the quiet in the theater when all of a sudden the circle came and you see uh, T'Challa walk, the freaking roar in the theater at that moment was like, that's special. I want to relive that so badly. <laughs> Man, that like, I don't know that it, it was so intense because I remember like sitting there. Cause I think I went alone because uh, I really wanted to see it, but I think like you know Aaron was still you know on the road, he was working, and so I was like, you know what, I'm I'm just gonna go. And I was sitting next to a girl, and like the exchange we gave each other, like, oh my god, did you see that? Yeah, it was. Um, I saw Avengers Endgame. I got the privilege to see it before it came out to the public it was for people of the press right so I had a press batch to go see it and so it's like you know you have a room full of people that you know are going to go and write reviews about it afterward and all that you know it's not a room full of like say just casual fans and the fact that like that room just bursted out in like cheering was just so cool <laughs> You know, I I think that's such a perfect way and really speaks for it because it's like you it means that you have actual critics going that's the coolest shit I've ever seen you know what I mean <laughs> exactly exactly oh my god that's such a great freaking scene I rewatch that sometimes because just how great that felt where you're like they're all back they're all back <laughs> oh that relief oh I know whenever I sat there because I because you get so far and you know you you sat there for so long sorry I turned my head right when I said that um you know you you feel like it was so intense that you had forgotten that uh he had actually done the snap you know yeah. that uh the Hulk actually did because everything was going on and I was like well, he snapped and you know what's going on something's gotta happen but in that moment it felt like nobody was gonna come there it felt like nothing was going to happen and then suddenly it did and you're just like oh my god <laughs> no for real um because you know in infinity war when all of them got snapped away and then you remember Endgame, the first two hours they weren't back everything that happens is in the last hour of that movie and I remember talking to Kanan before that movie came out and I said how do you think they're going to bring everyone back and Kanan's like maybe they're not bringing them back he said you know Marvel is looking to retire some of these characters and I go no you can't just not bring them back and yeah. so and so when you're watching the movie in the first two hours, they're not there. And then as you said, you kind of forget that the Hulk even did the snap. And you're like, shit, are they gone forever? And then suddenly they all come back and it's just the most satisfying thing ever. It was intense. 
It was very intense. I I was sitting there. I was just like, I I felt like the early my life. I was like, I got a message to you after this. <laughs> like, like that instant moment where you're just like, holy shit. And you know what's funny is like me and Tia are very like do not care about spoilers. Yeah, we'll normally like, oh yeah, you go ahead and tell me. This movie will like we like there's certain movies that we go okay i you know normally i don't care but don't breathe a word and it was like an <laughs> unspoken thing was this fucking movie like like we'll see it when we see it it'll be okay it's an unspoken thing with marvel movies that we're like we are not going to spoil it you have to go see it yourself but yeah i don't know to me that was just such a big moment and especially too when like steve rogers finally says avengers assemble and they all just start like roaring and charging forward and I'm like this is the best thing ever <laughs> by the way I I have not seen um oh what is it uh the Falcon and the Winter Soldier um you're missing out is Steve, is, is Steve still alive did he die <laughs> they tiptoe around that they never like come out and actually say it like in the show, they tease. They a lot of people are constantly asking Sam. They say, "Oh, where's Steve Rogers? I heard he's on the moon somewhere." Um, you know, just like stupid rumors. But they never fully go into it. So I don't know if Steve is dead or not. Did you watch the trailer for the Eternals yet? No, I have not gone to see it yet. Oh my god. It's so good and it touches upon that at the end actually. At the end of the trailer they mention both Iron Man and Steve Rogers. So um, yeah, you should definitely watch it once we stop the top 10 because it's a really good trailer. Um, I'm gonna need to. But uh, what should I call it? Yeah, they never really go into it in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, as you can imagine the show uh, you know explore sam becoming captain america i don't know if you've seen the picture coming for you oh yeah you heard the sirens my bad (laughs) can i say in the falcon and winter soldier show i really like bucky in it and it's not like i i never disliked bucky it's just his character was never say like entirely interesting right because he's always been say the brainwashed muscle and very angsty (laughs) if i do say so myself um and i apologize that siren is really loud right now so i apologize about that but um in the falcon winter soldier he has a lot of personality in it he's him and sam you know as you can imagine their relationship is snappy and Bucky is full of sarcasm, which is hilarious. But they have some really nice, genuine moments. And I really enjoyed it. And I, I have to say, I think the Falcon and Winter Soldier show is my favorite version of Bucky. You know what's funny? Is I didn't expect the Baron to be such a fucking like, lovable character. The Baron? Like, I love the Baron. The Baron Zemo is so iconic in that show. Uh, as soon as he was on screen, I said, hold up. <laughs> this guy is great. Because he seems so unhinged in, uh, in the other movie where you're just like, in the winter okay. In Civil War, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just seems so like, you know, 
he's kind of the catalyst for all this bad shit happening. It's like, no, he's pretty chill. He's just, I don't know, he vibing. No, he is. He's like totally like, he's so sassy in it too. And he's totally um, sarcastic and chilling. Like there's moments where there's literal fights and he's just in the corner, like sipping tea, like whatever. And I feel like I need to see it just for him. Oh, Brittany, you really do. You really do. Like, you would love Zemo in this. There's this one scene in it where it's the three of them on a plane because apparently Zemo's wealthy as fuck. And so they're taking He's his- He's a baron, of course. He's a baron. So they're taking his private jet and it's the three of them. And I forget who they're talking about. Um, oh God, who are they talking about now? I think they're talking about Marvin Gaye, right? And- yeah. Bucky is making it seem as like maybe he's just not, say, the biggest fan of Marvin Gaye's music or he's not familiar with it. And Sam is like, you know, Steve loved Marvin Gaye. And Bucky's like, okay. He's like, I'm not saying Marvin Gaye's bad. I just, I'm not familiar with it. And Baron Zemo goes into the, like this whole spiel of like how, you know, Marvin Gaye's uh, music really captured the African-American spirit. And he's going through all these like things. And Sam is just looking at him like he's crazy. And he's like, you are completely out of line. But he's right. <laughs> and I just oh, cracked up. <laughs> and I'm like, Zemo is a man of taste. <laughs> he's a man of taste. I mean, no, I just didn't expect him to be so sassy. So sassy, but I love it. But anyway, Avengers Endgame is my number three. Brittany, let's move on. Uh, what is your number two? I think I'm gonna go. I I know we've spoken about this recently. I just really, really do enjoy this movie. Uh, it goes back to my mom. You know, I love my mom. Yeah. Uh, I always Matilda. Oh, Matilda! It was always just a relaxed movie, like a movie we just put on and just enjoy. Because yeah, it had adult themes and you had the scariness going on, but like the, it's. I know this is going to be a lot, but, like, the setup of it is a masterpiece of, like, going through her childhood. Nothing feels rushed. You have her childhood. You see her parents, like, how awful they are. You have to see her begging to actually go to school because she wants, you know, she teaches herself how to read. You know, you see her starting to get her powers, how she's learning to control them, um, and then her going to school, meeting Miss Honey, and, like, dealing with uh, Miss Trunchbull. And it's just, I don't know. It was a movie where nothing felt rushed. And it was almost so, like, it was so filled with stuff that you almost felt like you were watching a movie and its sequel all in one go. Because it had everything and didn't feel like it lacked anything. Because it's like, to me, I always remember the first half, you know, her childhood, her getting her powers, blah, 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 then convincing them to go to school and dealing with, like, basically the school arc of the story. And then, you know, until her adoption by Miss Honey. Oh, no, it's so cute. Like, and you know what's funny? For a movie, because this is really before we had superhero movies like the ones we know today and go oh yeah marvel dc you know really you know super superhero movies which i don't know if we had spider-man by this point i do have that timeline kind of mixed up 
but you didn't see a lot of powers in movies so to have like this like very like ordinary movie where the girl is freaking like telekinetic um it was really I don't know it was it was so masterfully done and it's such like a soothing movie for me it's like a warm glass of milk type kind of movie (laughs) I love Matilda I believe we spoke about it not too long ago and as you said I like I like how you worded it that it was almost a superhero movie before superhero movies because she had powers and we all wanted those powers oh yeah i was like i remember do you remember being a kid and just like trying to lift things with your mind and if a wind like blew it ever so slightly you're like oh my god i have powers so um kind of related to that but not in the matilda realm which fantastic pick i'm gonna get back to that in a second no you i assume that you watched pokemon right like the original first pokemon uh, i sabrina huh are you about to talk about sabrina the gym leader no, no wait am i the one who can bend things with her mind in the spoon. okay yes. yeah, yeah, yeah okay so that scene where they're talking about when she was little and she first learned and everything i remember as a kid watching that and going and instantly trying to get a spoon but that is just universal tia that's universal i I gotta go try to bend the spoon with my mind now i gotta go try and bend the spoon with my mind like i remember instantly running and grabbing a spoon and i was like this is how it happens i was like i'm young Uh, i have to learn i was like the stars are aligned tia the stars are aligned it's gonna develop And it, only to find out the crushing reality that that will never happen. Oh, Tia, not sad. Stop no. it. Oh my God. It wasn't meant to be sad. It was meant to be funny. No, but just teasing. Yeah, Matilda is great. Um, just, we've talked about it before where everything about it, I love Danny DeVito's character. I think I told you that um, as horrible as her parents were, I do still love that they showed at least some sort of resistance to when Matilda was like, just sign the paper to, in order to give me over to Miss Honey. And I really felt as if like, they did feel a sense of not wanting to do that from a standpoint of like, oh, well, but you're our daughter and everything. But I really love that. And we've talked about how much we uh, love the at, uh, at a I just and- had to throw it out there because I was like, man, I was like, if you haven't seen Matilda, which you have, you know, you have to, but it's like, now you have to rewatch it if you've already seen it. it it's just, uh, you ever seen those things where it's like, this is your sign to go do something? This is your sign to go rewatch Matilda. You have to rewatch Matilda. Matilda was amazing. Everyone likes Matilda. Um, which my calls it. So yeah, that's a fantastic pick. Uh, everyone who's listening should definitely rewatch Matilda. Um, yeah, we are down to the number one on our top 10 movies you should rewatch this summer. Um, let's go through the list before we get down to number one. So we have Silence of the Lambs, The Mummy, Lawless, Godzilla vs. Kong, Forrest Gump, A Knight's Tale, 
10 Things I Hate About You, Avengers Endgame, Matilda, and the number one is going to be Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, that's that's good. And I figured that The Wolf of Wall Street was a good movie to rewatch this summer because it's absolutely bonkers. Uh, It's an absolutely bonkers movie that why not right it's the summer let's have some fun why not have some fun while watching leonardo dicaprio play a character that absolutely loses his freaking shit throughout the movie (laughs) that movie was intense i watched it for the first time at your place remember like and i just remember like looking at it looking at you i was like what the fuck is this between john bernthal's character in it too (laughs) yeah i know you're only really there for the oh my god that movie was intense holy shit now i i kind of do want to rewatch aaron loves that movie too i remember my mom and dad saw it before me and they were like good thing we didn't see it together because obviously there's a lot of sex scenes and the movie literally uh, starts with Leonardo DiCaprio's character snorting coke from like some girl's asshole. So clearly not Perfect. the kind of- That's good wholesome family fun, Tia. <laughs> not the kind of movie you want to watch with your parents, but I don't know. I loved Leonardo DiCaprio just going balls to the wall insane playing this freaking guy right um I-, I thought it was hilarious how he's this salesman who thinks he's going to you know be really good in the stock exchange and it's right at the time of a recession so he can't work in new york city so he decides to start working in like long island or yeah it's like long island at some like little rinky dink place and just ends up building this massive empire but it's all illegal they're all doing a crime and just the whole like thing of it as it goes just seeing his descent um from being so rich and having it all quote unquote to just losing everything i don't know sometimes in a lot of movies that whole like formula stresses me out but for some reason it was a joy to watch in this wasn't he fairly happy at first before the money yeah and wasn't he uh, like he like he wanted to do more but i can't remember was he married before you know margot robbie's character or was he like dating someone i can't remember no he was married he had a first wife who was like you know i don't care about the nice cars and the this and the that you know we weren't we happy in our little house you know and all that and then he just got so money hungry he got into drugs he you know met marco robbie's character he left his wife for her they get married into this big house and everything and they're miserable <laughs> they're absolutely miserable with each other um but what you call it i was gonna say do you know, I didn't even know what the hell, like, I had heard about them, but I didn't even know what, like, Quaaludes were until this movie. And it's like, they talk Did about you Quaaludes. they don't exist anymore? They, uh, that's a thing. That's a real thing. They don't exist anymore. They don't make them anymore. Like, so that, you don't see anyone taking Quaaludes anymore because they literally don't exist. They're like an extinct drug which is insane I think 
didn't it used to be used for like like postpartum i think or was it like it was something it was originally i think for like uh mostly like like uh issues for women but i don't know what it was for now yeah i think they were made for you know like housewives that weren't happy with their husbands and the husbands were obviously telling the therapist like oh my wife is complaining too much just say she's hysterical and give her something yeah well you know what's what's crazy is like um remember in deadwood uh like barbiturates are like a big thing throughout history that have been really prescribed for women a lot like for like depression or things like that and it's like quaaludes are a synthetic barbiturate like central nervous system depressant and a popular recreational drug in the u.s yeah yeah well and that's what i'm saying like i'm not just saying that to be like you know any sort of way i'm saying like there was a time in history where literally if say a woman you know even voiced being depressed or sad they were like oh she's just hysterical just yeah. give her something you know yeah, so, something. so you know but anyway in wolf of wall streets when they're taking quaaludes all the time my favorite scene is when Leonardo DiCaprio's character and um, Jonah Hill's character decide to take those quaaludes that are like 20 years old and they don't think it's working at first so they take a shit ton and you just see Leonardo DiCaprio's character just almost go into a vegetative state and I love when he gets in the car and he's like and I got home without a single scratch on the car. And then you see the real car and it's pretty much an accordion at that point. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Oh, oh, oh wait, looking at it, it said that uh, it was uh, supposed to be like a sleep aid. No oh. wonder you didn't freaking move. <laughs> I just love that movie. It's so crazy. It's so bonkers. And yeah, I love John Bernthal's character. And I love that scene actually where um leo is trying to get all of his friends like oh you know sell me this pen and they're all like well it's a nice pen and da 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 and john bernthal's character instead is like oh i need you to sign something well i don't have a pen supply and demand (laughs) yes john bernthal was great in that he was great in that movie when he's like mark get some chicken (laughs) (laughs) it's like um had uh, tell your sister tell your sister and i was like bro leave <laughs> sister alone. yeah no i love that movie and i love the end of that movie um so much when leo's character is trying to like talk to all of these people in like a conference and none of them can sell him the pen and it's, again you could just see how much his life has declined because honestly um he was portraying a real life character like that that actually happened to a guy and i'm like you know what you screwed a lot of people out of out of money so i don't feel bad for you anyway wolf of wall street is a great movie to rewatch this summer it's a shit ton of fun uh to me it's one of leonardo dicaprio's best acting performances ever one that he should have won an oscar for like the revenue was good but it wasn't that good wasn't that good um and john bernthal's in it you know our man john bernthal was in it so we gotta watch it 
rocking a like glorious mustache and uh like soul patch or something on his face so you know go check that out and everything but yeah Brittany, that is our list of the top 10 movies to rewatch this summer uh before we wrap everything up tonight do you got any honorable mentions i'm trying to think besides uh annie because you know another one was mom (laughs) um oh what's that uh uh the goonies Oh, oh, the is a good one. Yeah, it's a yeah, fun it makes movie. Me happy. Also had uh, what the fuck is his name? Thanos. God, what's his name? Josh Brolin. Oh, uh, Labor Day. Yeah, 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 Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think he was also in the Goonies. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was in the Goonies. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Um. Uh, The Resident, because it's fucked up, and I don't know, I like a fucked up movie on a good night, or a good day. <laughs> Who doesn't love a fucked up movie on a good day? Um, right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, what you calls it? I would say, just for shits and giggles, uh, I know what you did last summer, because it has summer in the title. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> uh deadpool is always a good movie to watch because it's a lot of fun so i'm just trying to think of like fun movies to watch because you know it's the summer we should all have a lot of fun but yeah i don't have any other honorable mentions other than that uh i think we did a good job on our list hopefully we have given our listeners lots of great suggestions and we do this every week so make sure that you check us out because we're awesome obviously (laughs) but uh Brittany before we get out of here why don't you let everyone know where you're at what you're doing and all that good stuff gonna say you can always find me on twitch at itty bitty brit I'm hoping to get a lot more consistent again now that I'm out of the uh out of college for the summer I just have my two internships and regular work and um, I played Resident Evil 8. Uh, Dommy Mommy was uh, fucking amazing. Um, started playing Near Automata, which is uh, from that song I sent you to. Yeah, the, the freaking, they made up a language for this game. And it's supposed to sound like all the European languages like mixed together into one. And it sounds like, it sounds like legitimate words. Like, like, like it almost, like it is words, but it sounds like, you should be able to understand it but you just can't quite grasp it i don't know but if you want to follow me on twitter it's at itty bitty brit zero and i update my schedule photos cats the whole nine yards (laughs) yes please make sure that you check that out everyone Brittany is a very dedicated streamer who spends lots of her time entertaining you all i thought of one honorable mention by the way one one more uh when harry met sally because I like that movie a lot. Oh, that was a good movie. I watched it for the first time with you, too. I was going to say, did I show you that movie? Because that's a great movie. Yeah, because I remember laughing my ass off. It's like, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's ha- That, honestly, is one of the best scenes ever. Just because it's like, not even because she's particularly that convincing, but because he's so sure. Like, he's so sure about that. And she, and it's like her character is so uptight, right? She's always, you know, she's got to have her food super particular and everything. So the fact that she was like, 
no, I need to prove you wrong. And I'm literally going to do it in the middle of a crowded diner. To me, it's just so hilarious. And the, that woman, <laughs> I'll have what she's having. <laughs> right? Like, I, I think it's because it's like, you don't expect like the elderly lady to be like, oh yeah, I, <laughs> you know, the implication. Whatever is making her react that way, I want it. But anyway, uh, yeah, so please everyone make sure that you let us know what movies that you plan on rewatching this summer. Uh, make sure that you're checking us out, geekvibesnation.com. It has links to all of our social media accounts. Please make sure if you're not already subscribed to our Geek Vibes podcast YouTube account. We are over 1,000 followers, so we are very excited about that. We have a merch store. Please uh, make sure that you grab something and support us. We really, really appreciate it. And we're just going to be giving you a lot. You know, we got... um, the Eternals. So the reaction to the trailer is on our YouTube page. Um, we're going to be covering the Loki series, which is coming out in about two weeks. So please make sure you check that out as well. And again, we'll be reviewing Black Widow, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, um, all of the freaking amazing Marvel things that are coming out, all of the amazing DC projects that are coming out. So please make sure that you check that out. And as for me, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at tc underscore stark um and we will see you guys next week have a great day bye bye guys